Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard Love save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He's like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. When everyone you thought you knew deserts your fight, I'll go with you. You're facing down a dark hall. I'll grab my light and go with you. I'll 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 go with you. Pilots, did you not see those guys at Rogers Place? Oh, yeah, and one of the best live shows that I've seen in terms of just them as performers. It's only a two-man band, which is pretty impressive considering their wholesome sound. But, yeah, excellent show they put on at Rogers last spring. That was uh, my blood special shout-out. Uh, happy birthday to Edmonton Wetaskiwin MP Michael Lake, who spent years uh, with the Edmonton Oilers organization, was at the University of Alberta in around the time that I was there. Uh, his uh, kids are great, Jaden and Janae, and uh, we just wanted to uh, send a, uh, well wishes. He's in his 50s now. Don't hold that against him. He's a terrific guy, real uh, uh, a, a guy that has a terrific sensibility uh, about him, did some great work with the Oilers a number of years ago, and is uh, now Edmonton Wetaskiwin's MP. This is Oilers Now. Hope you're having a solid Thursday, uh, one of the most popular days of the week. I know... Uh, my man uh, Jack Huxon was telling me that uh, Red, who I met a number of years ago and was just uh, had no problem putting me in my place when I went to Chicago back in about 2006, 2007, Red has worked in one of the really important roles out there uh, in sports. It's kind of uh, 
a little bit understated. And these guys are huge parts of teams. These guys are in the the, the equipment and team support role. Uh, Red used to work in the CFL. He's worked with the Green Bay Packers seemingly forever now. And I know Red's one of our uh, numerous uh, podcast listeners to the show. Brendan Escott does such a great job getting those podcasts up. And uh, Thursdays is one of Red's favorite days because... We have Louis DeBrusque coming down the pipe at 1235 today for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke. And at 135 today, because we moved some guys around yesterday, we, of course, had Oilers head coach Dave Tippett uh, on the show yesterday. We are going to get to some of Dave's comments when we get into the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. Uh, David Staples will join us from the Cult of Hockey at one. 35. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us at any time at the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. I don't know if you noticed this, Brendan, but the casinos in Vegas opened up. Now, I don't know how exactly they've opened up, but uh, 1201, and they got rolling. And, you know, Nevada obviously playing from a stacked deck. Vegas in a position where they are uh, one of the cities that's trying to be a pod city for the uh, potential return of the National Hockey League. As for the River Cree, it remains closed at this time by the pandemic, but they'll be up and at them with over 1,350 slot machines and 40 table games when the province opens up again. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. You can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. My personal Twitter handle is Bob underscore Stoffer. We're going to get to something that I tweeted out about uh, four minutes ago in probably about three minutes' time. Uh, Brendan Escott is back in the 630 Ted Studios at uh, Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Again, Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. So uh, each day we uh, we do an update uh, on the, the COVID front. And yesterday I bumped into longtime Edmonton-based uh, businessman, Red Shaw. He's got a new company out there, RDR Medical Solutions, and they are one of the companies that's got a COVID-19 rapid test kit. The numbers come out every day around 3 to 3.30. And uh, Edmonton's position, and it's all about perspective. We have had uh, a few more cases over the course of the last few days. But just to put things in perspective with where we're at in the city, Edmonton is currently at 563 cases since the start of the pandemic. The city of Montreal is at 25,900. We've been at basically 13 deaths. I think we've had just one death over the course of the last 35 days here at Edmonton from COVID. Today, Montreal passed into the 3,000s. They're at 3,016. Quebec, by the way, as a province, has 63% of the COVID deaths. Uh, Today alone... Uh, just to, again, it, it just reinforces maybe how fortunate we are. And I think a lot of you have sacrificed a bit, and I get that, but I also think there's some extenuating circumstances that have put BC and Alberta in a different position. I do think the respective governments uh, should receive a little bit of uh, credit, and probably there's been a little bit of luck along the way. But over the last two days, uh, Quebec, as an example, has had 172 deaths, which means. They've had more deaths in the last two days than B.C., who's at 166, or Alberta, that's at 145 overall, have had since the start of the pandemic. So I think we're really lucky here. Um, Two different types of uh, governments, two different types of approaches. 
reinforced by the fact that Alberta's done 271,000 tests for 4.3 million people. BC's gone down a different route. They've only done 149,000 tests for about 5 million people. So Alberta's testing at double the rate. But both methods, at least at this stage, appear to be working well. And uh, again, we await for the province to gradually reopen things. Speaking of which, I don't know if you saw this, Brendan, and it is Texas, okay? I just... And not everybody likes this governor. Uh, Greg Abbott upset some people with some comments because, frankly, he, he kind of knew what the numbers were going to be. Uh, Nora Loretto, who's a, a prominent, uh, very most people would suggest left-wing journalist in Canada, has kept the running tabulation. Um, and Nora, you know, reinforced the fact that we have real challenges in uh, elderly assisted living facilities to the tune of around 86.5% of all Canadian deaths are, uh, are are tied to those facilities. And it's it's a sad story, an embarrassing story for a country like ours and one that we got to get a hold of. Greg Abbott made some similar comments in Texas that were, frankly, a lot stronger about people choosing uh, their course and their direction, having the freedom to do so. But that said, I don't know if you've seen this. It's just moved across the wire. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has announced that professional and college stadiums can open on time at 50% occupancy. So he's obviously talking specifically about football and uh, for September. And I cannot reinforce this more is somebody who has a real appreciation, not necessarily for all the politics in the, in the South, but for the love and the passion of college football in the South, and specifically in the Southeast. Uh, I would be stunned if their facilities were not at least 50% full in states like Florida, in states like Georgia, just by the nature, frankly, of how a lot of the people are there. And uh, I'm not saying that's the right thing. I don't see that happening, you know, September. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we can. I mean, we're actually less hit uh, here in Alberta and specifically in the Edmonton region than some of those states that are going to open up. But if you knew the mindset of Americans and as much as we love hockey and we do love hockey in Canada, when it comes to college football, specifically in the Southeast and high school and college football in a state like Texas, it shouldn't come as a surprise that the governor is saying 50% occupancy. And less than a couple of weeks ago, he was at 25%. So uh, I think we're starting to see things uh, things get open. I, I, I got, Brandon, I'll be honest with you. I have guys I know that are season seed holders, a couple of them are sweet holders, that have texted me and say, if Edmonton gets the uh, the hub why can't why can't i make the decision on going into the facility and i think most of us don't think that's going to happen during the summer but it is i've always felt the college football in the nfl could be a different story now the nfl doesn't need to sell a ticket for their teams to make money but college football is a massive business to those institutions and again, the mindset. So it's going to be really intriguing to watch to see how it gets handled uh, moving forward. And there is a lot going on right now in the world, and I know that. And things there were seemingly last night watching uh, CNN. There appeared to be a lot more peaceful protests, and I hope that continues to be the case. And we're not naive to the fact that there's a small percentage of people taking advantage of a very delicate situation uh, and are involved in. Uh, looting and rioting as the three cats in the Stauffer household decide to come right by our broadcast location and get a little bit of a wrestling match. Hey, go away.
There we go. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Into the orders now. Audio Vault for Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. In Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Again, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett was kind enough to uh, join us on yesterday's show. He had this to say on the race for roster spots in training camp. Younger players, younger bodies you'd think would be able to get up and moving quicker. But that being said, you're going to jump right into a playoff mindset. And veteran guys know how hard you have to be and how hard it is in, in playoffs. So I think those veteran guys are going to come in with a real edge. Uh, hopefully our young guys come in with a, a real jump in their step. But, uh, I, you know, I think both we have both sides of that plate where we have, a, you know, some younger players who are very motivated to have success. And then we've got some veteran players like Neil and Chason and players like that that uh, have some good playoff experience and know exactly – what it's going to take to get up and going at the level we need to to be successful. So, um, you know, we've talked with our players about that, and if we do get the opportunity to come back, I think we'll be ready. All right. Uh, Dave Tippett also added that training camp is an open opportunity for all players. I asked this in relation to potentially, you know, a guy like Tyler Benson working his way into the mix. We're going to do whatever it takes to give us the best chance to win. And if a player comes in, uh, say a player slips in training camp, maybe doesn't come in in as good a shape as he needs to, a player could easily slip out and somebody in great shape and uh, looks like that they're going to have an impact on the game jumps in. And I'll, I'll take you back to Ethan Bear at the start of training camp this year. He wasn't exactly in yet, and after about four practices, he grabbed the attention of everybody, and he was in. So uh, um, those things can happen, and it's a unique situation. So we'll go into, you know, we have a mini training camp. You'll go in. You need to know the players that are playing at the top level because you jump into a quick five-game series. You can't wait for people to catch up. You're going to have to have people ready to go. And Dave Tippett added that the 28-man roster, the extended roster, gives the coaches a potential for some very unique options. We have, uh, you know, in talking to Jimmy Playfair, whether we like the depth that we have. And when we added green at the deadline, we're looking for, you know, we've got some young players that we feel like are, are coming. We've got solid veteran player in Chris Russell. We've got um, a veteran in green that's a puck mover. Um, so we feel like, and we've got the young guys in, in Jones and Lagos and, and Bouchard coming. So it's, uh, uh, and Matt Benning actually played well when he got back from injury also. So we feel like we have a good mix of depth there. And going into, you know, I think you're going to use, you're going to use a lot of players. And, you know, that's uh, the defensive part of it. If you have depth there, it certainly gives you a leg up. And if you do come with any injuries or there's players that are struggling uh, out of the break, that uh, you have options. Uh, who's going to start in goal, managing goaltenders in the playoffs? Here's Dave Tippett. You know what? It's a unique situation, Bob, and I actually uh, talked to Dustin Schwartz this morning about our goaltenders, um, you know, just making sure they're both ready. We're going to go with the, with the mindset that both guys are capable of winning for us. We'll see how the uh, mini training camp goes, who, uh, you know, who looks the best, who's feeling the best. 
and we'll make the decision accordingly there. There, but if you, you know, we're not going to deter from the. We wanted to make sure both guys were ready to play, and our team was confident. Both guys, and that's the mindset we'll have going into the playoffs. Now, that being said, there is playoff experience, and and those are things you all have to take into consideration when you're picking your goaltender, or whether it's a defenseman or a forward. All right, that's Dave Tippett. We're going to, a little bit later on, get to one more Dave Tippett quote, maybe during the Louis DeBrusque interview. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers now. Uh, about a week ago, uh, I put out, you know, some lines. I had Neil up with McDavid and Cassian. During the course of the interview with Dave, he talked about the fact that he liked Ujar Cairo with Neil and Jason. Uh, of course, Neil, McDavid, and Cassian played together during one of the better stretches of the season. The hypothesis of all of my lines starts with one premise. I want to keep Nugent Hopkins in Yamamoto with dry settle. All you need to do is take a look at what the numbers were with those guys uh, together for about a 20 to 23 game run. I mean, it was a different hockey team when Kyler Yamamoto and Ethan Bear, um, you know, Ethan Bear in defense and Kyler Yamamoto kind of changing up the complexion of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club when Yamamoto came up on December the uh, 31st. So I, I bring that up because my moves, a lot of people say, well, why don't you put Nugent Hopkins up with uh, McDavid? For me, it's either going to be Neil or it's going to be Ennis. So based on the conversation with Dave Tippett and the fact that he said he liked what he saw out of Neil with Kara and Chase on, I'm going to slide Ennis up, and I had him further down. I think there's going to be a lot of flex in the left wing. For now, I'll have Athens see you in the lineup with Shane and Archibald, but Nygaard's going to push hard. Like, there is a chance Andreas Athens you does not play the first game of a playoff series. That could happen. Ennis, in my opinion, made a quicker adjustment to get, and no surprise, he's from Edmonton. By the way, Yamamoto uh, played 27 games with the Oilers this season. He had 11 goals, 26 points, and went plus 17 during that run. Nugent Hopkins almost had a point per game, uh, and, and his whole season changed. He had 61 points in 65 uh, games. I think Ryan was minus 10 when he got moved to that line, and he's currently plus 1. So it shows you how dramatically things have changed. But I want to keep r and and Drysettle uh, together with Yamamoto. Um, that means for me either Neil or Ennis ends up playing with McDavid or Cassian. Uh, Nygaard had success with Sheen and Archibald, but you know, Nygaard's coming off an injury. We'll see how he's ready to go, and where do you put Athens U? The five left wings, Ennis, RNH, Athens U, Neil and Nygaard, for me, are all going to play. I also think both Kara and Haas are going to play. Let's not forget Kara can also play left wing as well. The coach likes Patrick Russell. And uh, I know when I had my initial lines out, because I got uh, reminded uh, – by one of the astute uh, fellow media uh, members out there that I neglected to put uh, Patrick Russell on my team list, so I should have had him on there. And uh, But I, I do think Patrick Russell will be outside the looking glass initially with Cassian Yamamoto, uh, Archibald, and Chase on to start. So you've seen my new lines, Brendan. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, well, certainly not as uh, controversial as the last lines you put yes. out, which actually caused a trend on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> um, Tyler Ennis has a lot of fans, doesn't he? He does, and and deservedly so, given the way that he flashed in his first cup of coffee with this team. And I obviously agree with you in the sense that he sort of leapfrogged a fan of CU right out of the gate uh, as far as somebody looking like they could be on that line. I had Neil on that line, but it just didn't feel right given Neil. 
Neal's foot speed. So I'm happy watching that top line go to work. I'm 100% with you that that second line maintains. Um, and then the bottom set is just, that that's revolving door after revolving door there, which is a good thing to have because I look at a guy like Chase on Bob and think, well, hey, if you've got a Patrick Russell pushing, I mean, Russell's a scrappy guy that might be uh, a real good playoff contributor somewhere in the depth of the roster, right? So the, having the internal competition, I think, is a very great problem for this team to have. The coach likes Patrick Russell. He needs to be re-signed. Um, I don't know if Russell can get a one-way deal. I, I think it might have to be a two-way, two-way deal. I could be wrong. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that front. Uh, speaking of being re-signed, if I was the Oilers, I, I would look at re-signing Tyler Ennis. I think you can move Tyler Ennis around a bit in the lineup. He's a smart player. Uh, and some people say, well, Bob, Ennis outproduced Athens U 2-1. to one. But things are relative. I mean, they both played nine games. Ennis had two goals. Athens U had one. Ennis had two assists, and Athens U had one. Ennis had four points, and Athens U had two. Um, and Athens U is kind of a tricky guy. And I think your your better bet defensively is with Nygaard, Sheehan, and Archibald. And we should also mention Nygaard's already been signed uh, for an extension next season. So, too, is Gaetan Haas. Bottom line, the Oilers probably got 15 forwards they can count on. And that doesn't include a guy like Tyler Benson. You never know. He might be able to work his way into the mix. Again, that was the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. It's uh, 1227 in Edmonton. We'll save NHL today for elite promotional marketing uh, to about 1255 today. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. More ongoing COVID-19 pandemic coverage. And then Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Touchback Safety. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.